Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Today on Drawing Near, Luke shares the Lord's calling of his disciples. This practice was common in Israel among rabbis. Rabbis, who were teachers, would call disciples, or students, to follow and learn from them. Much of this practice has been lost on us today. So let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 6 and take a look at Jesus Calls His Disciples. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we always give thanks to you for your grace and mercy, your loving kindness, your tenderness toward us. In your compassion, in your love, you reached out to fallen man, fallen creation, with Jesus Christ, your Son, offering him on the cross as your sacrifice for our sins, that we might be redeemed to you. Father, help us to understand this practice of discipleship in the scriptures and how it might affect our relationship with Jesus today. Give us understanding. Give us insight. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We'll begin reading today in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Luke writes, It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. This is an insightful verse. Jesus At some point after his dealing with the Sabbath issues with the Pharisees and their scribes, maybe in preparation for calling his disciples, he goes off to the mountain to pray. Now, I'm certain Jesus prayed often, and I'm also certain that he didn't always go to the mountain to pray. But every so often in the scriptures, we are told that Jesus would go apart from everyone else, that he would go and be just with the Father on a mountain in the Garden of Gethsemane, in some secret place, he would sequester himself and pray. Sometimes he would send his disciples on ahead, and he would remain behind and pray. But Jesus was a man of prayer. Now, I think that alone should be thought about. We should ponder that for a moment. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is without sin. He has power to do all kinds of things, heal, open the eyes of the blind, make the lame to walk. He has authority and power. When confronted by the Pharisees, he is able with that authority and power to hold them off, to teach them, to correct them. Jesus is more than you or I, more than any other human teacher. Jesus is God in the flesh. And as God in the flesh, Jesus took time to go apart, in this case, to a mountain and pray. And notice, he spent the whole night in prayer to God. I have gleaned a simple truth from this passage in the past. If Jesus needs to go apart to pray, if Jesus needs to spend this much time, a whole night in prayer to God, how much more does someone like me, who is not God incarnate, who is a sinner fallen by grace, how much more do I need to pray to go apart to spend time with the Father? Yes, Jesus, as a man, had limited himself, had confined himself to a special place in our history so that he might become our sacrifice. And in that relationship with his Father, he would go apart and pray. 
Have you ever prayed a whole night? Have you ever gone apart and done this? It's an amazing thing to ponder how much time this is to pray. For many of us, if we spend 10 minutes or 20 minutes in prayer, that's a lot of time. If we give an hour to prayer, that's a lot of time. Jesus went apart and he prayed the whole night to God. We're told in verse 13 that when day came, he'd been up all night long praying to the Father. When day came, he called his disciples to him. Now, what we see here in the following verses is the group of his disciples, the number of his disciples, was more than the original 12. Oftentimes, we think of the disciples as just the 12. The Bible refers to them as the 12, the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles. But Jesus had many more disciples than this. And he calls his disciples to him, and from among them, he chose 12 of them. These he also named as apostles. Disciples are students. They're followers. A disciple is chosen by the rabbi. He is called to come and follow him. He is to learn the ways of the rabbi. And the disciple, after having followed and learned from the rabbi a significant amount of time, in this case, three years, they are sent out to perpetuate, to continue to proclaim most of what the rabbi has taught them, what they've learned in following the rabbi. Many of these disciples, if they become rabbis themselves, they are going to put their own understanding, their own slant on what they've been taught. And so rabbis perpetuated their teaching, their understanding of God and the scriptures in this manner. And we see in this verse exactly that. Jesus, as the rabbi, he calls his disciples, he chooses 12 of them, and these he also named apostles. The word apostle simply means sent one. He is going to send them out with his message. And that's what we see throughout the rest of the New Testament. The apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ go out and proclaim what they've learned of Christ, what they've seen in Christ. And then we're told in verse 14 and following who these 12 were. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James and John, who were also brothers. These individuals, we're not certain about Andrew, but we can speculate that it's true, were fishermen and were partners in the fishing business from what we've already learned. So we have Peter and Andrew, brothers, James and John, brothers. Then we have Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who is called the Zealot. We have Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. These individuals are not the kind of individuals that most rabbis would look to for disciples. We see later on in the book of Acts, these were unlearned individuals, and they were men of Galilee. That's what we're told in the early chapters in the book of Acts. Those descriptions alone would disqualify them. They had not had any special training that a rabbi should choose them. And they didn't come from Judea or Jerusalem, the southern part of Israel. They didn't come from the region that was the most devout, the most Jewish in culture and training. Rather, they came from the region of Galilee. Maybe Jesus choosing his disciples from this is putting new wine in new skins. His new teaching of the kingdom, his messianic teaching, his instruction in new skins, not in the old skins, not in the old individuals who were hardened, who were structured in a strict way. I don't know. But here's what I do know. 
Jesus made this decision after praying all night long. I can only assume that what Jesus was doing as he was praying was drawing near to the Father, being taught of the Father, and choosing these twelve under the leadership of the Holy Spirit in the spirit of prayer. The context would lead us to believe that Jesus made this decision in the Spirit under the leadership of the Father. He says, all things that I say I've learned from the Father, those things that I've seen of the Father, those things I do. So Jesus is led by the Father to do this. That's my understanding. As we seek to follow the Lord day by day, we need to understand we too have been called as the disciples of Christ. The world sees us as foolish, unlearned, unqualified. The world sees us differently than God does. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So it doesn't matter what your education level is, what your financial situation is, where you come from, what your race or gender is. The Lord Jesus Christ, through his Spirit, through the gospel, have called us to be followers of Jesus Christ, to learn from him, and then in our own world to go out and to proclaim what we've learned from Christ, what we've seen from Christ. That's what's meant by being a disciple. And again, these 12 were not the only disciples. These 12 were chosen from among the larger group of disciples to become apostles, to be specifically sent out into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We have a responsibility to understand that a disciple is a student and a follower. I pray that each one of us gives ourselves to learning from Jesus, to coming to Jesus through faith in the gospel, through faith in his death, burial, and resurrection, being forgiven of our sins. We leave the world, we follow Christ, and we serve him. And we go out and we declare all that we've learned from him. I pray that's what we're giving our lives to. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for these words. I pray, Father, that you would help us to learn of prayer, what it is, what it is not, how to pray, and that we would be led by the Spirit to go apart and pray, to enter into a conversation with you through the work of your Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might discern your will, receive your wisdom, do what you desire, and glorify your name. I pray, Father, that we would be disciples of Christ, followers and students who learn from him, who see him, because when we see Christ, we see you. Jesus says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Help us, Father, to see Christ, because in seeing Christ, we see you. Work in our lives today. Work in our hearts and minds today to bring your will to pass in these things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.